You are now listening to the Purpose Edit Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet and successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's messy and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Setters Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up? What up, homie? You all right today? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, this past week was my dad's birthday. Oh, work? Um, yeah, man. He Happy birthday, Pop. 62. Oh, that's dope, I'm man. pretty sure. Uh, what's funny is, so I called him. I called him and asked him, you know, how was your birthday, right? I, mm-hmm. I talked to him day of, but the next day I followed up. He was like, uh, birthday was good. Birthday was good. Uh, and I reminded him my daughter's birthday is coming up. So he asked what she got planned. So she's got plans going out with her friends. And he was like, well, you know, she's, she's growing up. You worried? I was like, nah, you know, as a parent, I'm always going to be worried, right? I'm, I'm no, no more worried now than I was before COVID or anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to let them grow up. Yeah. And he was like, yep. Yeah. Plus if you train them up the right way, you know, they'll grow up to do, you know, what you want, what you would have for them to do. He was like, yeah. He said something else, and then he goes, "It's like trick daddy." And what he said, and and, and I pause. Oh, wait a minute, <laughs> like trick daddy. <laughs> Where are we going he says, with this? He says, uh, "Trick said, train the children of the children of today are our future. Train them up right, or they'll grow old and shoot you." <laughs> 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 and I just said. <laughs> I laughed and I shook my head, but then I'm like, "You're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right." You make so much sense. That's why I tell y'all, man. My dad, I promise, is he, he's a genius, but he also borderline crazy. Yeah, What's wrong with that man. He quotes trick. That's that's amazing, though. I can't remember what song that was. I don't remember the song either, and that's the part that kills me because now in my head, I'm wondering, was he just sitting there listening to trick? Is that what my dad did for his birthday? For his birthday in 2020, huh? The trick daddy. Oh, Lord. This is what I want you to understand that I get exposed to on a regular. My dad is the type, he will call me and I will answer. And it'll just be loud music playing. And I'm like, hello? Hello? And I can just hear a song. Mm -hmm. And it's a song from back in the day that I've heard him listen to, usually rap music that we just have some memory around. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. dawns on me, oh, he just wants to remind me of this song. Like, gotcha. So that's all yeah. it was. He called you to listen that's to That's all song. it was. Just that's that. Dope. And then like 10 minutes, not not 10 minutes, I'm sorry, like like two, two, three minutes in, he'll then come to the phone and be like, hey, you remember that? It's like, come wow. on, man. Come wow. on, man. It's, it's amazing the conversations. Um, it's funny you say that because me and my dad has had um have had some really interesting conversations this week. And um, it's, they're becoming, our conversations are becoming far more meaningful. Like yeah. we're, we're talking as like on for the Friday, we were saying something and he said something that got me upset. And I said, man, that's a bunch of BS. And when I said, I was like, oh, 
wait, did I just say that? And he would, he just talked like it was normal. And I was like, oh, I guess I am 35. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's okay. So yeah, it's just, it's funny to watch these um, conversations grow and, and yeah. make that transition from, you know, you still have that respect father of uh, respect. Absolutely. You still have that respect factor because it's your father. Absolutely. But um, when they begin to see you as a, a man as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a and good thing. It's, my dad and I have definitely transitioned into that mode and even more so now because he listens to the show. Okay. Yeah. He listens to the show and has extra conversation that he wants to chime in on. So he calls me with whatever it is that he's thinking about to, to add in. Like he loved the uh, episode on mental health. Yeah. He actually suggested, I know he's going to listen to this, he actually suggested that we should talk about mental health to some degree on every episode because every topic has some form of mental health aspect to it. Bro, and right now it's very needed. That's, I mean, that's 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 a good freaking suggestion. Yeah. That's yeah. a good suggestion. I'm afraid to have him on the show because I'm not sure what he would say. Well, you know, I was just thinking about that. You know, maybe maybe that's yeah. a, something that we can nope. do. We Let can, me cut um... you off right now. I'm telling him right now, you are not coming <laughs> on the show. <laughs> You hear me? You hear me, Dad? We can have the father, like fathers, like so we can bring both of them on. That, we'll call the episode "Like Father, Like Son." Yeah, that'd be an interesting conversation. Well, like always, man, do do what you do. Take us, take us down this 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 journey. What blew your mind this week? Um, I got a list of five, but I'm going with this one. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistake of others. Hmm. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistake of others. Now, why did that blow your mind? Because that seems so obvious. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I just think it's, um, I, I, I stuck with that one because it, it goes with a certain level of being calculating and actually paying attention to what's going on around you and, and, be, and being, having a sense of, um, emotional intelligence mm. in a sense EQ, you know EQ, EQ. yes mm -hmm. having a high having a, a level of eq i think it's very important to have a, a strong knowledge of self and to understand what's going on in self but i think it takes the ramifications of understanding what's going on with others and to avoid those pitfalls is is a very valuable tool so that one stuck out to me smart people learn from their own mistakes Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. And, and then just from another perspective of just doing research and observing, like, why did that t-shirt business fail? Why did that record label crumble? Why did that artist never progress? Why did that podcast fail? Why did that guy fail in the stock market? Like, mm -hmm. if I don't know these things, how can I be successful at anything I'm doing? Well, don't they say history repeats itself, History right? repeats itself. So if you have a knowledge of that history, you have a greater chance of not repeating Absolutely. Or repeating the successful habits or the things that work, right? That works that way too. Because see, that's the other piece as we talk about, you know, the show is called Purpose Addicts. And as you talk about trying to find, discover your purpose, walk in it, right? Where do you look to, to one, stay relevant, two, to identify uh, the pitfalls to avoid, and three, recreate the successful habits and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I think I think we don't realize how much we are connected 
and how much as a as a society as people as we run in our different circles how we um how the things that we look at and we do are all interconnected and related to one another's actions even though you're there and i'm here absolutely there is a connection not just from our friendship but a connection in what you do that influences me either directly or indirectly absolutely 100 percent. you know let me let me ask you this so so this i've had this conversation a couple of times with different circles and the idea is collective success. Okay. So when I say collective success, I'm talking about the success of the group as a whole, right? As opposed to one's own selfish uh, uh, agenda, right? Uh-huh. And so the conversation that we've had and questions that I've been, been asked or I pose to others is, is collective success more important than pushing one's own agenda? Um, I think it goes hand in hand in a, in a real world because collectively, if every person is focused on their agenda and accomplishing what they have set out to accomplish, it will, in essence, make the collective stronger. So I know that that is the warm and fuzzy feeling that you're supposed to have, right? You're supposed to help the, the community, which I'm an advocate for. I absolutely believe it takes a village to raise a child. right? The community. However, there is a part of this where, let's be honest, I or people, I just don't care about the collective group being successful. I'm in pursuit of my own. So at what point do I draw the line between it being okay to pursue my own, my own ambition? I think at any point, at, at, at any point, um, at the sacrifice of the group, at the sacrifice of the group. See, I don't believe it's a sacrifice, though. Well, if you're if you're focused on you, okay, right, there there comes a point at a crossroad where you got to make a decision. Where if I make this choice, this helps to progress me getting to my goals and what I seek to accomplish. But okay. If I make this choice, this could slow down my progression, but it helps to further the success of the group. Or C. If I make this choice, how can I make this choice to maximize me and also benefit the collective? It's not always a win-win. Everybody don't get to win. That's why you have winners. Everybody everybody doesn't get to win. Everybody doesn't get to win. But um, I don't, don't, this is not a scorekeeping. Like I I would need, uh, give me examples. Like, Like in a company. Like you working within a company, right? You're a part of a team, right? And okay. every person has the ability to move up in their career. Yeah. Okay. You work in a team. The department itself has goals. You could see a team member struggling, mm-hmm. choose to help them out because it ultimately furthers the success of the group. Mm-hmm. Or you could just continue to focus on you and what you're responsible for, which then leaves that other team member struggling and continuing to struggle, and the department never really fully reaches its full potential because they say you're only as strong as your weakest link. Okay, well, that person doesn't need to be a part of a collective. 
and, and I think the conversation is when, when do you make the decision to step away and focus on you? And when do you make the decision to be a part of the collective? If you're going to be a part of the collective, you have to always keep the collective in mind. It, it, it's not about uh, I at that point, in my opinion. Okay. There is a fine balance that I think a lot of people try to walk that dance, right? Like you said, okay. there, you have to make a decision as to when, when you're pursuing your own dreams, goals, and aspirations, you still have to keep the collective in mind. Yeah. There's a point where the collective don't pay my bills. Okay. There's a point when the collective makes me feel like they don't care about me. Okay. So to your question again, when is it okay to cut off the collective and pursue my own dreams, pursue my own ambition? You can always break away and go and pursue your own dreams if that if that's what it's going to do. But I think ultimately it always comes back to being a part of something. Like, give me a business where it's isolated and you're by yourself. A consultant. A consultant. So you're building your consultant brand with no connections to anything or anybody else. Is that isolated of a profession? Consultants, uh, at least a lot of times in the beginning, start out solo. They might mm -hmm. grow if their business grows enough, but really the only connection they have are the uh, transactions with customers, those mm -hmm. interactions. So they're connected for that short period of time to accomplish whatever the customer has hired them for. But then if their business model isn't to continue the relationship and be on retainer, then that's a one-time deal and they keep it moving. Yeah. I, I th okay. So I think this only, I think the conversation is mixed up. Um, when is it okay to be a part of the collective and when is it okay to be the alpha? Two different conversations. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to be the alpha. It still, it actually still doesn't separate you from the collective because I still believe to some degree you're leading something or somebody. But the conversation for me goes to like being the man or like, when is it okay to separate yourself from the pack and do whatever it takes to separate yourself from the pack? Like if you and I are working in a corporation and we're working towards the same goal, and there's a manager same promotion. position, same promotion. Okay, now that's being who's going to be the alpha. But in, 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 to some degree, I still believe there's a, there's a connection of a collection. Like where I'm so focused on being the alpha, you're so focused on being the alpha. What happens is one of us goes to be the alpha and the other one stays in place or the other one drops off. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, so I, you're I just, saying the competition drives the collective success? It should. It, it, it definitely should. And, and a collective, there also should be an alpha. I absolutely believe that. And when I say alpha, I mean a leader, a person that leads and a person that stands out. I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. And also in a collective, there has to be that idea of somebody being the expert and the absolute best. Mm -hmm. Now that could be as a collective. Or, you know, think about the NBA, flat out. Michael Jordan's an alpha. Absolutely. The team is the collective. The team is better than everybody else. But Michael Jordan, everybody understands that Michael Jordan is the man on that team. So were you watching Last Dance, I'm assuming? Oh, I've been up and down crying during that Last Dance. Living it, right? Yeah. So in watching it, and I was thinking about this as we were discussing this topic, 
was everybody else furthering the team's success and agenda or were they fur furthering Michael Jordan's? Or I won't say furthering, fulfilling. Um, for Michael, Michael jo Jordan was the man. Well, but it goes to the idea. I think this is a perfect analogy. Michael Jordan might have been furthering Michael Jordan's agenda, but without the rest of the team, that agenda doesn't get done. You see what I'm saying? So and in essence, in essence, you're saying the, the individual's agenda will only be accomplished with, with the collaboration of others. A, a person can't do it or get there on their own. Exactly, because I don't think there's any place. I can't, I really cannot think of any place where you're really that isolated, where it's not a collective. Like nobody, I, don't, I think nobody should live in isolation. And in reality, I don't think anybody actually does. Now, I think we need, somebody has to be the dog. Somebody mm -hmm. has to be the big person in the room. But I, I don't think any of that has, has to happen in isolation or it doesn't happen in isolation. I mean, when you put it that way, I, I, I agree because naturally we are social beings. Yeah. We seek to belong to circles. We, we yeah. are part of a family. Uh, being a part of a circle provides protection, right? Uh, it creates sustainability. Yeah. Um, you know, we get outraged as things happen in the community. Mm -hmm. um, we get even more outraged when they happen a little more closer to our smaller communities, right? Mm -hmm. Our families, right? Those smaller circles. So I see your point. I see your point in that. What I were guess, your thoughts on it? So I've always been competitive. And when I watch like, you know, sports, especially like the last dance with Jordan, I see that competitive nature. I'm, I'm that competitive. I'm, I, I need to win. Like I, not like to win the question is which which is more for you do you hate to lose or do you love to win more uh that's that's a very good question and there's such a big line between the difference um i'm gonna say i love to win more because I've recently been trying to program my brain to take every loss as a learning tool. So mm -hmm. for this particular conversation, on this particular day, this may change, change next week. Now, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. I don't like losing. Right. I, I am a horrible loser. But I have come to a place where I want to learn from the losses and, and try to make myself better. So you? I love to win. Okay. But I hate to lose more. And what I've seen is winning i expect to win losing does something to me so bad that it ends up being fuel for me to never feel that again it's more yeah. of a motivator yeah but that you know what it's a motivator but it, okay and it works losing wins the same way for me now because i work like if i'm applying for something or i'm submitting to something and i don't get it i literally have a folder with every rejection that i've, I've ever received in the last three years and i'm like okay i'm gonna get this and I'm yep. going to get you back. Yeah. And when I get you back, I'm going to come back and let you know that I got you back. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? But it creates know, that get, chip on your shoulder. It creates a chip. So I, I think you can get the chip from any perspective, the, it, you know, whichever one. And, and I guess it's just a mindset difference. And you know what? As you say that, I think that's the biggest difference between Kobe, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, he doesn't want to lose. Kobe Bryant tries to learn from the losing. And that's just from 
um, a lot of the interviews that I've been listening to here recently. But I mean, both mindsets, in essence, works. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <clears throat> you asked the question, what, what are my thoughts on the collective success versus individual, pursuing your own individual success? Yeah. Um, I believe that I used to believe in the collective success because when you, or not believe in, excuse me, I used to put more weight on the collective success growing up, being a part of a team and no man is bigger than the team. Yeah. As I got older and moved into the professional world, I am still a team player, but I was in heavy pursuit of my own career path and my own achievements and making sure that, yes, I did separate myself from the group. And I think that it's okay, especially when, when I recognize that worried about the group's agenda was more of a detriment to my own success. Okay. I comes before you in the alphabet. Yeah. So I have to look out for me first. If I get better, though, I also recognize I have enough perspective to realize that I also improve the quality of the group. Mm -hmm. People, com competition gets created. I'm able to help others as I figure things out. Those who seek out knowledge and we share, right? Because again, I'm still a team player, but by pursuing my own ambition, the individual success part, I can contribute to the community. I have to do my role first. Got you. So... Thank you. And here's the motivating part, I guess. Here's the bigger question for you, Mr. Motivator. When do you draw the line and you decide that it's time to separate from the pack? And I guess it's the same question that you were asking me earlier, but mm -hmm. the way you said it kind of just resonated with me differently because in that, even though you're separating from the pack, I still don't see that as separating from the collective. But what what where is that line or when should a person make that decision like yo hey i got to start focusing on my goals and ultimately should they attach that to the collective or should it just be a selfish it's all about me forget what the collective is doing so there was a couple questions in that <clears throat> i'll start with where should they draw the line or what should a person consider here's what i consider first my commitment level to accomplishing the goal how committed am i to getting there and in that commitment level, I've identified what I'm willing to sacrifice, what I'm willing to do in order to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Second, my expectation to finish it, right? To accomplish the actual dream because as you're working on you, sometimes you got you to gotta cook for a while. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need some time to mature, to, to uh, gain some more experience, gain some more perspective, some more knowledge, what have you improve your skill set and if the success of the team and their goals can be achieved and are expected to be achieved prior to my own goals then I'm okay with that line and choosing to help the collective succeed mm -hmm. but if my own expectation to finish is going to be due before the group gotta then go I got to go for that, that. yeah I got to and then along the way now, because no plan works out exactly how you expect it to, right? Yeah. So when I look at my plan, I got to also look at the rate of my progression as I'm in it. Gotcha. So it's, it's the beginning is how committed am I to accomplishing this? How serious am I about accomplishing my goals? And when I think about like 
once I decide in my heart that this is my purpose, this is what I'm going for, I'm mm -hmm. all in. I'm committed. And you're going to see it in my actions, my behavior, my decision making. So then at that point, I set that deadline. I'm going to accomplish it by this time, which also is a part of my commitment level. And then along the way, I got to be ready to make adjustments. So at the rate of my progression, if I'm not progressing as I expected to or needed to based on mm -hmm. that deadline, then mm -hmm. I got to make an adjustment. And sometimes that line that you're talking about, the adjustment is no longer choosing the success of the group and focusing on my own. So at that point, is it time to find a new group? Hmm. That's a good question. If the group is causing more harm than good, yes. Okay. Yes. And, and I, I guess, I, and we've been talking about, I, I can't remember the order of the last couple episodes, but we've been talking about friends in circles. Yeah. And I think this kind of goes along with it. And it's just the idea of, <laughs> and now that I, it, it's all circling back, it makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. So, Knowing when to knowing when to hold and knowing when to fold them and knowing exactly when it's, it's that's the key to this. That's what it boils down to. But we operate in so many different circles. We operate in so many different collective communities with with responsibilities to all of them and with all of responsibilities them is not beneficial. Exactly. So how do you gotcha. pinpoint which one is causing the detriment? That's that's the toughest part. Now the guess. Yes, that's the toughest part, and that's the crooks and cranny of the conversation. Um, I think it starts with identifying personal goals first. What do I want? Where do I want to be? How is this particular group, this environment, helping me to where I want to be? And then deciding from there, moving things out that aren't aligned with that goal, moving things away, moving things up that are aligned with that goal, moving things out that are not, and building the things that can get you there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm kind of in that, I'm kind of in that boat personally right now where it's kind of like, I see where I want to be and I see what I'm doing and it's, it's not all lining up. So yeah. at that point, it's a tough decision time. Sometimes, you know, guys, a chain of scenery is a beautiful thing. They say progress is just on the other side of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think too many people are afraid, too many of us, not people, too many of us are afraid to take a step. And I think sometimes if you're actually staying still, you're actually moving backwards. If you're staying still, you're moving backwards. Mm, I don't know what the hell I got that. that yeah, you got to talk to me more on that. Yeah, if you're staying if, still, if you're, you're moving backwards. Still, you're moving backwards because meanwhile, you're standing still, someone else is moving forward. Mm. So now that separation is there. Mm -hmm. The goal is to move forward. If you're standing still, you're, you're moving backwards because somebody else is moving. Nobody, nothing is staying stagnant. Life is like the one thing that's for sure about life is as long as you're breathing, it's going to keep moving. Now, yeah. if you stop breathing now, it's, uh, you know, um, it's over with. But if you're breathing, it's moving. And if you can't find a way to keep moving with the, the bounces and the, the movement, you're going you're gonna to be left behind. So, okay, there's the other side of the coin, right? The collective, the, the, the true team players, right? Who just will never be able to not give their all towards the group. They will not be, quote unquote, selfish, right? They're going to put the group's needs above their own. And I think that there are definitely examples when that makes sense. And for me, I can only speak for me. 
I think about family. Mm-hmm. I think about my family and the sacrifices I'm willing to make, but those sacrifices I'm willing to make are based on my commitment level to seeing my family achieve, like creating generational wealth and financial stability, Yeah, creating sustainability, teaching my kids good morals and good values. And if that means I have to wait on pursuing my own dreams and goals, like going back to school, I didn't, I, I didn't finish when I was supposed to, and it took me, 13 years, 13 years to go back and get my degree. Part of that was because I chose to work and provide for my family and get to a certain point in my career where I could take care of my family and set them up and off on their own futures. And that's why at the beginning, why I said you're always a part of a collective because it's not just professionally. You see what I'm saying? It is. You're right. Your family is the bigger collective that you're always as men that we're always obligated to. So it, it you know, and, and that's what I was thinking when you were like a collective, I couldn't figure out which way we were drifting. Um, I, I think for, for us, we've talked about how, when you discover your purpose, your purpose should not be for self. When you find your purpose, when you truly walk in it, it's meant to give back to others if you will. And so the tough part about the collective success versus individual success is it's really no, there's no black and white. It's a lot of gray. It is. I agree. Because like you said, there's so many different circles that we're connected to and so many different variables at play. And there's one big variable that alters the course in just a matter of moments. And that's our emotions. Yeah. Yeah emotions change so much. And that's why they say you, you shouldn't make decisions when you're full of emotion, when you're in the heat of the moment. No, you should make every decision in emotion. You think you should? No, I'm, I'm joshing you. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You think you should? Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) No wonder it's been like this these past 20 years. Makes so much sense. But I think when you, when you're talking about, all right, I'm looking at my progress and I'm not where I want to be. Whose fault is it? And you start assessing what has happened up to that point that has caused you to slow down or not progress. And we get wrapped up in all that emotion and we panic. Right. And out of frustration, we go, you know what? I'm done from this. And I walk away from circles too soon. Mm -hmm. My pastor did a sermon one time that stuck with me right before COVID hit and we could no longer go into the building. And the premise of the sermon was about not leaving before your blessing. Yeah. Sticking it out a little bit Mm. because you're right on the edge and you don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes for us, and when I say us, like, and you, you alluded to this earlier, we, you and I don't feel like we've made it yet. We are not some, some people here talking about, you know, trying to tell people what to do because we did it already. No, yeah. we're in the thick of it. Yeah. I'm in the heat of it. I'm, I'm dealing with this every day, battling, talking, talking to myself about what's the right decision? What's the right play? Do I pursue my dream here? Do I make this decision here? Or do I choose one of my collectives or all of my collectives and helping to further their agenda and their success. What do I do here? At some point, every collective has to be sacrificed and you have to put yourself 
in in the driver's seat or first. However, mm-hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with that if you're A, doing it to benefit the collective, or B, doing it to separate yourself from the collective. So um, knowing when to, you know, the other side of that, you know, somebody, people leave right before they bless them. People stay too long and miss it. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Man. Like, and, and 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 why? Because didn't want to move, didn't want to step out of that comfort zone, didn't didn't want to take the opportunity, didn't want to take that pay cut, didn't want to take that risk, didn't want to have that conversation. Not willing to bet on themselves. Not willing to bet on themselves. Not and if you ain't willing to bet on you, who else is gonna be willing to bet on you? Know you? What I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to believe in you before yeah. anybody else will. Yeah. All right. I Again, like I said, that, that's a conversation that I've been in and I was curious on your thoughts because we've never had that conversation. We've never talked about, there's a bit of selfishness versus selflessness. Yeah. And I believe that we can jump in and out of both sides. Yeah, but we, we've talked about it personally within the confines of this podcast mm. where we've been talking about um each other's contents and each other's businesses and each other's ideas mm-hmm. where like, we feel like it's a season where we need to double down and really push forward on it. Because if you get 15 speaking engagements in the second half of this year, your pockets is going to be looking fatter. You going to be looking um, a little bit happier. Not to say that you're not happy now, but <sighs> then moving, <laughs> you be, mo- be moving closer to where you want to be. But guess what? That ultimately builds more not- notoriety for the podcast. So, you know, it, it works both ways. And if at any point in time, you don't feel like it's growing, you're obligated to hit it. You see what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and, and get to what it is you need to get to. Okay. So let's close out. And I want to share something that has always stuck with me. This blew my mind a long time ago. And it's a quote that Dr. Martin Luther King Uh, is known for when he did the commencement speech at Oberlin College. Uh, I believe it was like 1965 or 68, somewhere in there. And what he was talking about was the interrelated structure of reality, meaning how we're all connected. And here's what he says. It says, men are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, Mm. tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Mm. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. Mm. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am all that I ought to be. And see, that ties up the conversation so beautifully. Will you do that? Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you can jump back and forth about what side of the coin you're on, the group success versus your own. But at the end of the day, you have to realize and take a step back that we are all so connected. We are. Everything we do impacts somebody else, whether they see it, whether they know it, or they receive the benefit from it indirectly as well as negatively. So I share that particular quote because it has helped me in my life when I'm getting too selfish, when I find myself too focused on me, because that is such a thing. Too much of anything can be bad for you. And so 
my message to everybody is just that. Recognize how we're connected, how it's so interrelated and intertwined. And this is something that was said back in 1965 that's still so prevalent today. If you don't do anything else, do something for somebody else. As always, we appreciate you rocking with us. If you haven't already, man, go subscribe. Share this with somebody you know need to hear this. We appreciate your support. We love you. We out. Ain't easy, no way Then what did